welcome to Bloody Mary, a podcast about horror movies, feminism, and sexuality. I'm your host, Chicago comic Kristen Lighty, and I know it's been a while. I had a very busy summer with a divorce and mu- or comedy festivals all over the place, uh, but we're back in the swing of things. And we have today with us to talk about high tension, Mel Marquez, and she is the co-organizer of Brown Brunch and Chunky Dunk here in Chicago. Hey, Mel, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Mel, and as you said, I've got a couple of different things going on right now here. Um, Basically, I just really, I just moved back a few months ago um, to Chicago. I'm originally from here, and um, I've been here for like, I want to say four months now. Mm -hmm. Um, I was living out in Portland, Oregon for the last four years. And when I came back, one of my like goals was to um, kind of become more involved in community organization and community building here in Chicago. Um, Cause you know, we're kind of a bigger city feel here from a smaller town like Portland. And I feel like w- with that smaller town kind of comes built in more community based events and mm-hmm. people just kind of know each other more. Um, so I kind of wanted to bring some of that small town community feel back here to the larger city of Chicago. Yeah, that's awesome. And I especially enjoyed Chunky Dunk. Was it last year or two years ago? Oh my gosh, time is I don't know so when fast. the last one was here. When I looked online to like see what the last event was, it the one I found was back in 2012. Oh my gosh. So that's been like... So, several years oh, ago shit. Okay. yeah and i was like i didn't want to step on anyone's toes so i was like kind of feeling out there and being like is this still a thing that's happening here because it, it originated in portland mm. which i'm not sure many people know um and it's still going strong in portland and um i was like these these kind of things that um were you know they're community-based events where there's not really like an organization that heads it up like it's just like everybody going hey i want to do this like let's just make it happen like that that is what i want to be a part of right now so i'm trying to make it happen (laughs) no it's awesome and we're so happy to have you back in chicago thank you i'm very happy to be back (laughs) awesome so i'm glad you could do the podcast uh because i i know you are a lover of horror as well oh yeah for sure what are your thoughts on horror as a genre Oh my god, I could talk about this forever, yeah. but <laughs> I love horror as a movie genre. Um, I've just kind of always been fascinated by the psychological aspects of like what really draws people and myself to horror, which I feel is just like super fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, why would anybody want to either pay money to be scared (laughs) you know like like what what is the enjoyment that anyone gets and for me personally it's like you know i think movies in general are kind of about escapism and like spending an hour or two like outside of what would be your reality Mm -hmm. in somebody else's reality or like uh and i think it's interesting when it comes to like the genre of horror that you're putting yourself in like a reality where like all kinds of like intense things happen um Mm -hmm. and so i was actually reading up on like why horror as a genre seems to be so popular because apparently like 
you know, people like there's like a built-in market for it. So when like horror films come out, they kind of have like, oh, we know that these there are people that are like really like there's a market for it, mm-hmm. and, and you know there are people that are waiting to see like the next big horror film come out. Um, and what I was reading up on it was that like some people are just really into it for the escapism, but also. Um, because of the feeling that it gives you, like the release yes. of, of like the tension, which is hilarious <laughs> because we're going to be talking about a movie literally <laughs> called High Tension. Um, it's where, very fitting. Yes, yeah, quite fitting, <laughs> very appropriate. Um, but there's that release that comes from like knowing that, you know, like you're going to see something exciting, something, something is going to happen mm-hmm. in the next two hours that is going to make you like, really hyper aware of your emotions and like you know it's literally a physical reaction sometimes that people mm-hmm. get from it um that's why i don't understand why people get so into like rom-coms because i'm like it <laughs> doesn't make you like want to jump up and down and scream at the screen well and i think like, maybe for some people it might but I not in the same way <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know true. it depends you know everyone's mm-hmm. different but you know i think there's something kind of visceral yeah. about horror Whereas, you know, like a rom-com is maybe more emotional and like it tugs at your heartstrings. Um, this is like, oh my gosh, my heart is pounding so fast out of my chest. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a different kind of pounding fast out of your chest too. You know, like, like I, I think also there's a really interesting aspect of like people kind of coming together to uh, witness like mortality (laughs) like like here we are all sitting in this room kind of all watching possibly people die (laughs) and like being confronted with the fact that at one point we're all gonna die (laughs) but hopefully not like the people in this movie (laughs) for sure i've totally become one of those people that can't be quiet at a movie theater anymore (laughs) like i was like come on why'd you do that or like i I, like yell and scream at (laughs) things throwing popcorn at the screen Yeah, I mean, that's what's fun about, you know, like, any exciting movie, you know, where where you're, like, really into it. I do feel like, you're right, it does feel like more of a sense of community when you go see a horror movie. Oh, yeah, totally. Because you know what you're getting yourself into. Like, everybody has bought into that idea. Mm -hmm. And you're like, all right, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get scared. I saw Get Out in the theaters. Oh, yeah. And that was just, like, everybody yelling and screaming, but, like, in a fun way. I don't know. It was uh, was a good time. Yeah, that was, I feel like that has probably been one of the greatest last like recent horror movies that i've seen um and have you have you done that on the podcast yet or no i did like a mini episode with uh, a friend dante powell who's a comedian in iowa uh iowa city or maybe des moines but iowa in general Mm -hmm. and we talked about it for maybe like 20 minutes but i feel like i could do another podcast on just oh my gosh yeah you could i could yeah (laughs) there's a lot Mm -hmm. to unpack there yeah Um, and it was interesting like to talk with him as a black man he was talking mm -hmm. about how horror doesn't normally scare him Mm -hmm. but that movie oh totally because that is so realistic yeah it's like horror as real life mm-hmm. like everyday real life exactly <laughs> yeah um so i'm curious uh what's the first horror movie you remember seeing <laughs> i i have a very clear recollection of that um i was four years old and i it was actually literally the first time i'd ever been in a theater 
Um, and I don't know that many people would maybe consider this a horror movie, um, but it was Gremlins. Oh, <laughs> Gremlins scared the shit out of me. <laughs> yes, I was four years old, and I was equally fascinated and frightened, like, immensely <laughs> especially spike he yes terrifying i think my father took me to that in the theater as well when yep. i was way too young <laughs> oh yeah and my favorite um i kind of like i'm really into music too like horror mm-hmm. i feel like horror and music and like those kinds of things kind of go hand in hand for some mm-hmm. weird reason oh yeah or particularly like rock and roll oh yeah but, well, they set your whole mood you yeah know? they're like, like they're all kind of very like I don't know, like, give you physical reactions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, so my favorite, like, one of my favorite kind of, like, girl group, like, 60s era type songs comes from that movie um, from the Gremlins, which is Darling Loves um, Baby Come Home, which is a Christmas song. (laughs) And it has been, like, one of my favorite songs, like, around the Christmas time, like, basically since I was four. Wow, that's yeah. such a cool memory. <laughs> yeah, which um, actually one of the reasons why I wanted to pick this movie also has to do with kind of a musical thing, which is um, interesting because it's not a song that's part of the actual soundtrack, but if you were to go online and look up the, t- the uh, trailer for High Tension, the song that is played is by Sonic Youth, and it's a Carpenter's cover of superstar and it is so incredibly creepy and awesome that is a creepy creepy cover yeah um well i didn't know that song was associated with this movie that's yep. interesting it's only shown in the trailer it's not in the actual soundtrack huh. the actual soundtrack i think is um mostly um like french or something like that cool uh, yeah well, yeah, well, that brings us to uh, the movie Mel chose for us to watch and talk about is High Tension, which is a, a French film about two young college girls. And, you know, they're going to one of their friend, they're going to their farmhouse of the family who just moved into like the French rural area on an old rehabilitated farm. And uh, they get an unexpected visitor that turns into a home invasion, and then it gets even crazier. (laughs) Yeah. And I do want to warn you, um, we do go full-on spoilers on Bloody Mary, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it and come back, and then we'll talk about it. (laughs) So, Mel, what made Mm -hmm. you pick High Tension? Well, um... I actually really enjoyed the premise of the movie. Um, I really like psychological thrillers, and um, that's maybe like one of my mo- more favorite kind of subgenres mm-hmm. of horror. Um, that and like cult classics and like kind of more of the campy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is this definitely falls within, I think, like the psychological thriller aspect of horror. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I typically am also not one for a lot of, like, um, really obscene gore. And there's definitely Mm -hmm. some gore in this, if you're watching the uncut version. Mm -hmm. I will admit, when you said French, or uh, when I found out it was a French film, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So, I think some what people should know about Mm -hmm. this film in particular is, there's, like, um, a couple of different versions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's mm-hmm. the original French version called Hot Tension, um, which is in French, 
um, and subtitled. And then there was a release um, in America that I think might have been two years after the fact. The original one was released in 2003. Mm -hmm. And then I think the American release was in 2005. Um, It was picked up by Lionsgate. And they did a dubbing in English, which some people are like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't bother me. And it was just like, I've seen both versions. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, and then also there was a British version where the title was different, it was called Switchblade Romance. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> those all exist in the world. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, uh, well, I guess like it's not uncommon for foreign films to have different titles mm-hmm. in different countries. Yeah. Right. But huh. yeah, so that is, yeah, that's that. But <laughs> I forgot what the question was. Why this film? Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, I go on tangent sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the kind of main characters in this film being two females, one of whom you kind of learn as pretty early on, I think, like they give like some pretty big hints, um, is a queer person and mm-hmm. is basically in love with her best friend. Whereas yeah. um, like it starts off with the two friends and they, like you said, they're going to um, Alex's family's house in the countryside. So it's Alex and Marie, and Marie is like the le- I, I guess lesbian. They don't really say, but um, it's it's pretty apparent that that is kind of what they're hinting at. Yeah, and it feels like she's got a lot of uh, repression around. Oh it. Like, yeah, yeah. Anytime sex is brought up, she's like, "Well, you're a slut," and like, <laughs> yeah. There's a whole lot of like sexism oh, and misogyny, like internal yeah. misogyny happening, which I find also incredibly interesting because. As a queer person myself, a queer masculine person, I feel like um, I'm always constantly trying to um, check myself on that. Mm. (laughs) And so it was interesting to um, see this person be like a main character in the film, but then also um, there's like a double thing happening where it's like, at first you think that they're like the hero of the film (laughs) and then there's like a big surprise that happens you learn not so much (laughs) yeah this movie was like hurting my stomach watching it yeah it really is intense yeah (laughs) there is high tension (laughs) yes you get to that scene um where she's finally uh marie is finally taking matters into her own hands and finally Mm -hmm. has found a weapon Cause like she she for so long is like we gotta call the police and like you're right. in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right, By the time literally, they get you are you, in the countryside. Everyone will be dead. Yeah, you have literally passed cornfields. <laughs> yeah. So there's that scene where Marie gets a muscle car and a uh-huh. gun and like in my notes are like huge like fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's an amazing point too where the music kicks in mm-hmm. and like you really felt like she was. Oh, great like, hero! At that very point. empowering. Yes, like, like she she had gotten that. Well, because she, that's the interesting part is that you go through this like be, like I feel like there's like halves of the film like mm-hmm. where the first half is like the intense like um, violent you know attack within the home, and mm-hmm. she's like trying to hide from this like serial killer or whatever, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's it's not so much that she loses her power because I don't feel like there's any real point where 
it feels like she has less power maybe but um you just feel like it's it's kind of like you have to suspend your belief that, that like this person is able to quietly like get around the house while everyone else is being murdered around yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's interesting too during this scene is like mm-hmm. when she there's this the, the scene that kind of kicks everything off mm-hmm. is when she is masturbating and yes. presumably thinking about Alex. Right. And there's this scene of like the more she's getting close to climaxing, the faster the truck is coming. Yes. And it's like, it felt like, yeah, yeah, her sexuality is like like, drawing this evil thing. Right, totally. And And right before that happens, Alex goes outside for a smoke and like um, sees Marie in the the shower upstairs. mm -hmm. So you get a glimpse of her like, you know, kind of voyeuring into something that, you know, is clearly not okay. Like, mm-hmm. this is her, like, um, doing something that she shouldn't be doing. <laughs> and then immediately that transitions into her upstairs, like, with headphones on and kind of, like, you know, you know, just basically, you know, uh, masturbating to likely the thought of her in the shower. Mm-hmm. Heard, I laugh so hard. It's like, who masturbates to reggae? Like, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to listen to the lyrics of the song. I was like, why did he choose this song? I know. It's really funny. And the lyrics are, you're just a little girl. Yeah. Which is also kind of like, ooh, that's a little creepy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's totally like... Um, a good point to bring up is that as that's happening, the truck is like steadily like coming faster and faster towards the house. Like, oh boy, we're about to get into something here. <laughs> yeah. So uh. then, it's brutal. Yes. And awful. Yes. Lots of murder. Yes. <laughs> well, and so in the grand scheme of horror films, though, mm-hmm. there's not that many murders. <laughs> like. That's true. I think throughout the film, there are five or six people that get murdered in total, which, eh. That's true. That's not that bad. But when you consider it, it's an entire family (laughs) and how it happens. Yeah. You know. Anytime it's like a kid and a dog. Oh, yeah. And that was like, definitely there was a poor, what is his name? Like, Helix or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> dog just immediately goes down. Oh man. It's funny how like dogs always get me more than people most of the time. <laughs> you know what I was kind of wondering too? I had a thought earlier. I was like, I wonder if they kill the dog because lesbians are more like seem to be associated with cats. Oh. <laughs> so, like, get that dog. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Man. That was just a funny thought I'd had. But you know, it's interesting before the reveal, there are so many moments mm-hmm. where I was like questioning the killer. Mm-hmm. And kind of had this feeling of like what is going on? Like there was one time where he he stops to get gas after he's got Alex in the back of the truck and yeah. I'm like, "What did you gas up before your murder spree?" <laughs> Right. Um, well, he stops. Not only that, but he stops at a gas station where he knows the attendant. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he calls him by name. He's like, hey, Jimmy. <laughs> As if he's like had conversations with this person before and knows him personally. Exactly. And he's got blood on his hand. Yeah. Like, he does not at any point in this movie, like, try to cover up the fact that he 
has just killed people. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very vicious and very, like, whatever. Like, I'm just going to leave my footprints in blood all over the house. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not concerned at all that I'm going to get caught or anything like that. I'm just going to rampage through the house and kill whoever I want. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Yeah, but, and, and it's interesting, too, to realize, like, it's, it's, like, the people that he's killing is, you know, specifically this family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the huge kind of surprise twist that happens, um, the, you know, like, I don't know if you want to give it away just yet. Oh, yeah. Yet. Let's uh, get into it. <laughs> so, so the big huge twist that is revealed um, in the latter half of the movie is that um, Marie is actually this psychotic killer. Mm-hmm. And um, she kind of, you know, her, her mental state deteriorates over the course of the film. Um, and it seems to be due to the fact that she's in love with her best friend, mm-hmm. Alex. And it's clearly unrequited. And um, something that she kind of like repeats over and over to herself at the end while she's like losing her mind is... Um, no, like I'll never let anyone else stand between us again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, you just killed this woman's family. Like that is awful. Yeah, well, especially too, and she's screaming, "You love me? Do you love me? Say you, you love, love me!" me. Yeah. And the chainsaw is like yeah. right by your face. Like I love you. Whatever. <laughs> right. Yes. Please don't like saw my face. I've now. been in a relationship like that. <laughs> That's not good. I am glad that you are here with me today. <laughs> uh, so in that moment where it's like right before we find out that she is the monster, mm-hmm. there's this moment where she's having a conversation with him. And this is one of those moments too where I didn't quite get what was going on because okay. he says, oh, you like her. She turns me on too. You right. Know? And I'm like, how does he know? And I had this moment of like, Right. How sad is that for her that the only person who sees her and her identity is this horrible monster. Is a monster, yeah. Yeah. Is this like evil, psychotic, like I need to erase everyone to be able to be happy and get what I want. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie came out in 2003 and got it got some mixed reviews. Like some people were really upset about mm-hmm. the portrayal of a lesbian woman being mm-hmm. this monster that is attacking the nuclear family. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it was also like, well, this was 2003, the right. height of like the Republican, um, <laughs> oh God, what do you even call it? Yeah. <laughs> Assholery. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> you know, and it was funny too, like when I saw Marie in her Jenko jeans and her yeah. belly ring, I was like, oh, early 2000s. <laughs> Oh, right. I miss you. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the ugly jeans. Uh, but it, it did, it also like left me to think like it was Republican manufactured hysteria around the gay community. Right. And like, so it, like it's that mentality that kind of broke someone like Marie. Right. You know? Exactly. Like being told constantly that you're, that you are a monster mm-hmm. for just being yourself and for wanting to love, you know, someone of the same sex. So I think that that is a really interesting kind of like play off of that. Like I could see, I can certainly see both ends of that argument. Um, <clears throat> 
which I think is also fascinating and one of the reasons why this movie kind of really stuck with me because I watched it in the theater when it came out here mm-hmm. um, with some uh, my best friends who are also gay and I remember like feeling like just like having lots of complicated feelings afterwards mm-hmm. but also being truly terrified <laughs> and like because mm-hmm. it does a really good job of of you know, kind of living up to its namesake <laughs> yeah. with intention. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's something I've noticed about certain horror movies as I get older is, mm-hmm. like, this sense of the other that they try mm-hmm. to create. Like, sometimes when you look at it, it's like, oh, that's a little offensive. Like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, totally. Um, I, I can certainly see that point. Um, but I think it... As awful as that is, um, being like a young dyke (laughs) watching this movie, Mm -hmm. like you don't get a lot of, um, you know, uh, kind of big movies and theaters where you see any representation, Mm, even if it's like representation that may be negative Mm -hmm. of like queer people. So it's like kind of like for me personally, back in 2003, I would search for anything Mm-hmm. that had that like up front and was kind of like I mean this wasn't maybe necessarily so like in your face in your face but it was definitely like part of the plot oh yeah and so <laughs> some of the other things that kind of I guess stood out for me um that maybe didn't necessarily have to do with that part of the plot is that the director um was really influenced by um like 80s slasher films and so there are a lot of like little scenes that happen that are very um that that are like clear kind of like inspiration is taken from these other films like when he's walking through the house and he kind of like pulls open the shower curtain there's very kind of like a psycho thing that happens and um also with the app because so throughout the movie there's like different weapons that come out Mm -hmm. and you're just like what what is going on and they kind of like progressively get worse and worse as the film goes on (laughs) so it's like he starts off with the switchblade and starts killing people with the switchblade and it's like this tiny little thing. And he's like a huge guy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, very kind of menacing and like scary looking. And he's got like a switchblade and he's like slashing people's throats, like literally. And then um, he goes to later on in the movie an axe. So that kind of like harkens to like The Shining. Mm-hmm. And um, then we have like the end where he, he or she, however you want to look at it, they have a circular saw and they're oh, like God. running around in the oh. woods. So that kind of like throws back to like, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Freddy and like Friday the 13th, we're out in the woods and like it's creepy and there's like someone running after people and killing mm-hmm. them. And yeah, so like all of those things are kind of like. For me as a horror fanatic, like, really exciting to see. You're right. I <laughs> yeah. can't believe I didn't notice that. Yeah. You're totally right. <laughs> That's another thing, too. Like, when they're in the bathroom mm-hmm. like that, like, mm-hmm. the genderedness of it pissed me off. It's <laughs> like, he looked through all the yes. showers and the women's side for her. And then and just assumed <laughs> that there was no one in the men's room. Well, she's not a man. She wouldn't hide in the men's right. side. Like, what the hell? <laughs> yep. I actually wrote my notes. You gendered fuck. 
<laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, that's totally like, which is also interesting when it comes to the fact that, like, how do you think about that in terms of her? Mm-hmm. being the killer <laughs> like it's so kind of like what yeah well, especially in the beginning too when there's like the the gross decapitated head yes scene it's yeah. like wait so was she just thinking about that or did she do that or well what? and so there's another thing that i noticed and i tried to rewind and like watch it a couple of times mm-hmm. and i have seen people say that they think that that scene is Alex's head but I'm like that can't be true because Alex doesn't die yeah so like it looks very much like her if you go back and look at the Ah. scene it looks like almost identically like her but just like yeah towards the end of the film when she's all like bloodied up Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's that scene happens in the beginning of the film which definitely kind of like foreshadows into what's about to happen Mm -hmm. but that is like that was like such a creepy kind of like oh yeah especially i just always get so scared in rural areas anyway yeah (laughs) yeah it's like they're creepy places yeah i don't want to go to the cornfields i don't (laughs) want to go in the woods i'm like as a brown person i know better than to like put myself in situations where it's like i've watched so many horror films Mm-hmm. We don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, especially in that. There's that scene in the beginning where they're driving in and like uh-huh. uh, uh, Alex runs out. And, oh, like, of the cornfield. Yeah. Like, at night. No, yeah. fuck you. Like, yeah, like that's not a cool prank. Like I would have been really pissed. And then I drive away. Isn't that fun? Ha ha ha. Nope. Hell. I would have been really upset. Hell no. No. Yeah, there were, there were so many instances in this film that were really disturbing. And one that really jumped out at me was uh, when he's, he, the murderer, the killer, has Alex trapped in the back and mm-hmm. is like dumping booze on her and then takes the match oh, just yeah. to show her what Like, they I could have the do. power yeah. here. I have the power oh. here. And if I wanted to, I could set you on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Man, there were so many situations like that mm. where it's like he was just taunting her, you know? Oh, yeah. Or like even also um, like mocking her. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Like that towards the end where, yeah, yeah he's, she's like literally like just so just like scared frightened for her life for a good reason yeah and he's just like oh like you're such a baby like (laughs) (laughs) oh you're so scared of me and i'm gonna like the fact that i've killed your whole family yeah so i'm wondering if it's like is this her idea of like what toxic masculinity looks like Mm. and like somehow pretending to be that gives her permission to just to take what she wants yeah to like be a creepy evil rapist yeah um i don't know i don't yeah it's that is definitely like kind of an intense kind of concept to think about because you're just Mm -hmm. like that like that's what is manifesting from your desire (laughs) yeah not okay (laughs) sorry not okay Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think that whole that just the whole like twist of this film has is just really interesting and what i was thinking about after the fact too that i'd watched it and realized that it had come out in 2003 um there's another movie that came out that same year that had a very similar um, plot twist. 
Mm. And I didn't notice it until I looked it up today. But there's, oh, what movie is that? It's a movie that stars John Cusack, and it's called Identity. Oh, I and see yeah, it's very has a very similar theme happening, and um, yeah, it came out the same year. <laughs> really, is John Cusack the bad guy? Um, he, he's the main character, and I will leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> I love him. I don't care for that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a different kind of role for him. <laughs> Although I'm sure at some point he's probably crying in the rain <laughs> in a leather jacket. <laughs> So I know it's kind of weird to say in a horror movie when so many brutal things are happening, but Mm -hmm. what were your favorite parts? (laughs) You know, oddly enough, one of my favorite parts is a very, very brutal scene. (laughs) Oh, I think it's, I think we might have the same one. What is yours? (laughs) It's when the dad has his end. (laughs) We do not then. (laughs) Okay. Because... Like I said, normally I'm not a fan of gore, but apparently um, the director and the person who does the special effects makeup in the film um, collaborated and went to an actual doctor to talk, to literally talk to them about what it would look like to have your head decapitated by a dresser while being placed in between spindles of uh, wood in like a... A stair railing. Wow. <laughs> and so they, yeah, so they like, apparently that's what it would really look like. Wow. <laughs> and so that I find kind of fascinating. And it was just like the most terrifying thing to watch because the uncut version is like pretty graphic. Mm-hmm. And they, they, it's just like, oh. I mean, I feel like. The dad and the mom scene are just like so intensely kind of gory and graphic. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't normally like that, but there was something so satisfying mm-hmm. <laughs> about like all of the blood. It was like, ooh, look at all the blood, which I makes do. me maybe a yeah. weirdo. But <laughs> no, there is something to be said for the neck cut. Yes, exactly. It's like, wait for it. Yeah. There it is. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Gush. <laughs> so, we're both girls. It's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, I think. My favorite scene was obviously when she gets the muscle car and the gun mm, and the music's mm-hmm. all rock and roll and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also really enjoyed the scene where she is fighting with the murderer out in the woods. And oh, like I know what you're going to say. Wraps up the... The coils. The, yeah, like wood the barbed around. wire around yeah. the fence post and then just like starts like it's a baseball game. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and of course the... Um, the chainsaw, or not chainsaw, but the table saw. Yeah. Circular saw. Mm-hmm. And right through the car windshield. Oh, yeah, that's a really good one. It's <laughs> like, poor oh. fucking guy. <laughs> if you notice, though, too, in that, and I'm glad that you brought that up, in the very beginning of the film, it's uh, Marie who's running after the car saying, Help me, mm-hmm. help me. And at the end, it's really Alex. Yeah. Who is calling out for that car to stop. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, so it's like really interesting to kind of like go back and like watch like what is what is actually taking place here? Like mm-hmm. what is fabricated in Alex's head? Like what that's an actually that's another theme that I find really interesting is the whole concept of mental illness mm. and like how prevalent it is among queer people 
and mm. how kind of stigmatized it can be. And it's like, okay, well, this person has clearly something going on. Maybe it's schizophrenia or, you know, multiple personality disorder or something like that. And it's like, we see that as being someone who's a monster. It's like, what actually happened here? Did these murders take place? Like, did she kill them? Like, what is the actual reality of what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like some some of people who have talked about this movie and and like discussed it and whatnot are like, well, you kind of have to just, you know, um, suspend so much belief throughout the film because there's so many plot holes Mm -hmm. with like, if this is, um, if Marie is actually the killer and these things are happening, like, where does the car come from in the chase? Like, where does, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like, how does that occur? Because clearly that couldn't be happening if it's just her. Mm-hmm. Like, these are fabrications of to her, like, what happened in her mind for her to be okay with doing whatever it was that she was doing. So that's, like, another thing that's really kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on high tension? <laughs> I think it, um, I think it definitely lives up to its name. So much tension. <laughs> yeah, so much tension, <laughs> and the way that it's filmed with like kind of, you know, the lighting, and there's not a lot of dialogue in the film. If you look back on it, it's mm-hmm. a lot of slow, kind of slowly paced action, um, which I find really also interesting that there isn't a lot of dialogue, but it's still like manages to keep your interest, Mm -hmm. um, even though it's kind of maybe a little slower paced than some movies. I I don't know if I'd say slow paced. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. (laughs) But you're right though. There is not a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of action. Oh yeah, totally. And yeah, the way that it's filmed definitely kind of like keeps your attention and like it keeps your attention because of the fact that there is so much tension happening and you're not really sure what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Yeah. yeah. I recommend checking out the film, even though if you haven't, we just spoiled it for you. <laughs> <laughs> we told you, we told you to go yes. watch it. So. Yes. <laughs> your own fault this is true awesome well it's great to have you on the podcast thank you where can people check out what you're working on okay so right now um i would say facebook is going to be the main place because we're still kind of in the process of determining when um the brown brunch uh event is going to happen for this month as well as chunky dunk okay um there are monthly events so check us out on facebook chunky dunk chicago and Queer Brown Run Chicago. Awesome. Well, that's Mel Marquez. I'm Kristen Lighty, and that was Bloody Mary. Have a good night.